Welcome to The Recap, the segment of our podcast where we recap this last week's sermon. Hi, Dave. Hello. Hi, Stacy. Hi. So we're, we're doing this this week uh, with Ethan in Hawaii. I don't know. He just thinks he can get up and... Not on a missions trip. Not on a missions <laughs> trip. Why is everyone yeah, in Hawaii? And just think they can just go to Hawaii. Mm. So, you know, whatever. So anyway, if the audio quality isn't quite as good, it's, that's why. It's because Ethan is on the beach and I'm trying to do this by myself, but we'll make it work. So thanks for being here, guys. We're standing here in the sanctuary because this is the only computer at the sound booth with Ethan gone that can, <laughs> that can record this. So we're making it work. We're making it work. Um, so this last Sunday, July 17th, um, we did a special kind of one-off sermon on the image of God, kind of uh, focusing on sanctity of life in response to the Roe v. Wade decision. So Dave, why don't you just give us a quick recap, maybe a thought or two as to why you chose to do this this week, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, I, had, I mean, when I found out the decision was happening, I had thought about um, even that Sunday switching it up, but just thought, uh, didn't, didn't think it would be as helpful kind of in the moment of adrenaline, heat of the moment and wanted time to be able to think and process and see various responses for a few weeks first. So then when I was on vacation, I was just pondering it and thought, yeah, I think it'd be good to talk to our people uh, from the Bible about this issue because we want to be people that think about things from the Bible and not think about things mainly from headlines uh, or uh, blogs or things like that. We really want to look at the Bible together and have that shape and form and orient our hearts. So just wanted to think about that together. Um, yeah, the way I summarized it was kind of, the, I, I said I wanted to do two things in the sermon. The first thing I wanted to do was savor, again, the truth that all human beings are made in the image of God from the embryo to the elderly. And so we, I think it's important not just know the truth, because when you just know the truth and it's just kind of a fact, um, it's easier to weaponize it or to kind of use it as, you know, something in your arsenal to, to win an argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you really love the truth because you think it is so good the way that God has done things and it's, it's so important for how the universe works and exists and for how humans flourish, I think it, I think it makes you talk about things like that, like you love it mm-hmm. and like you want other people to love it with you. You know, it's, if I want to, uh, if I want to con- invite someone into my joy, I talk about things differently than if I just want to win an argument. Like if I want you to experience the parlor burger on my birthday, right? Then I'm going to invite you to go to parlor to, to go to parlor and pay on my for birthday. your burger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll pay for my burger. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I and yeah, and I I it was great. It was a great burger. Besides the point, but a great burger. So we did that. That was the first point. Um, just savored it together. Looked at. Uh, Genesis 1 again, looked at Psalm 139 again. Psalm 139 has always been a really precious text to the church mm-hmm. in regard to the image of God. If you go back and read the church fathers, they, they talk about it a lot. Um, and it's always been precious to me because I got to preach. Kelly, Kelly and I uh, served in a, in a group home for disabled adults. We lived with the four disabled adults for four years um, which is the highest class of those who are actually aborted too in America right mm, now. Mm-hmm. And I get to preach the funeral um, of one of those guys when they passed away and got to preach from Psalm 139. So it's always been precious to me that way too. So we looked at that and then the, and then I said, my second thing I wanted to do after I, we savored it together is just say, so what? 
Um, and, and so my job as a pastor is not mainly to just, you know, take a victory lap or, <laughs> right. or um, just kind of sit on my hands and, and say, well, praise God that that happened. Now we can move on and we won that victory. But to, to, to talk to the church and say to the church, okay, church, so what? <laughs> so, so what's next? And so I just talked about, uh, so the, my first point was savor the truth. My second point was say the truth and just encouraged our people to expose the lies that are there in order that they might encourage people with the gospel. So we, we can't see what's true until the darkness is exposed for what it is. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the analogy I gave for the kids was, you know, uh, imagine that you're in a dark room and it's cold and you're finally find something warm and cuddly to cuddle with. And then someone turns on the lights and you realize it's a lion <laughs> you've been cuddling with. Right. And, um, and how, how good was it that person turned on the light so you could get out of the darkness? So that, 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 that's why we're exposing the lie, so we can encourage them with the truth of the truth of people made in the image of God and the truth that there's a gospel that covers our shame, forgives our sin, invites us into grace, uh, to stand in grace. And so that those who have even participated in sins like this, uh, they can be set free from that shame and that guilt by the gospel. And as the church, we should be those that expose the sin and invite them into that at the same time. Yeah. Amen. And then lastly, show the truth. Um, so savor it, say it, and then show it. And to show it, I just was, um, I think it's easy to post and I think it's easy to get caught up in the narrative. And it's a lot harder to do, to live a life of self-sacrifice like Christ that actually says, what do, so what do we do? And so I urged our people to, you know, it's, it's telling, I mean, it's telling in some ways that, you know, the, the, the area that we always need more volunteers is our nursery. Mm-hmm. So I just mm-hmm. said, hey, what if, what if we never had a nursery need again? Mm-hmm. I um, love that. Yeah. That's kind of mm-hmm. off the cuff, but uh, maybe Sarah will thank me in a couple of years. We'll <laughs> see. Um, but just to show that we love the image of God, you know, and, or what, what if we thought about adoption or um, foster care or you know, partnering with Amnion or visiting our own orphans and widows in our church. Um, there's just, you know, help, helping single parents raise their kids. There's all these, these ways that, you know, the rubber meets the road and life gets hard and messy. And uh, I just think Christians are the only ones actually equipped to go in and do that in a way that's going to make an eternal difference. Yep. So, just call their people to show the truth yeah. that we really believe it that way. And, and read a quote from a, a letter that I will probably read over and over again in my next 30 years here or so of just what the church did, especially in the Roman civilization to rescue babies that were mm-hmm. abandoned on doorsteps to the elements yeah, and things like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. just want us to show the truth too. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're thinking about the image of God and sanctity of life and the issues that, you know, surround those things, um, what are maybe what are, what are some ways that it would be unhelpful to talk about this, or what are some ways that might that it could go wrong, like this conversation? Yeah, I think um, I I, w- w- the, I guess the main way I'd say it, and maybe this would encompass everything that I'd want to say is, I think it would be good if Christians were consistent in every way in how much we value the image of God. What I mean by that is, and it really, really matters to me a lot that we say what abortion is, yeah. that, that, it, that it's murder, that it's wrong. Uh, 
I care about that. Yeah, um, don't want to downplay that at all. And there all. have been yeah. 60 million uh, or so lives lost, which is a... It's, That's a crazy number. It's, it's, it's out of, and, and the number worldwide is astronomically higher. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's serious. But what I would say too is so, so often what's interesting on these issues is then as Christians, when we get into these issues that are highly charged and highly polarized in the day and age we live in, I find that we, we treat issues more as things to be won than uh, treating the people we're engaging with like they're made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Um, like they have worth and value and dignity. It seems like I see a lot of, um, I guess they're called reels. I'd ask my wife what they were called. She was showing me some <laughs> stuff. Reels and- uh, Is that the Facebook one? Facebook reels? I think those or are- is that Instagram? I don't know. TikTok? As Alan, TikTok? Wester- oh, as Alan West referred to it in our coffee meeting last week, InstaSnap. InstaSnap. <laughs> <laughs> he said, what is that called? InstaSnap? I said, oh, Alan, boy. you are- You're the best. You're the best. <laughs> That's one way to say it. Um, you know, reels are, or- uh, or memes or, or, or just posts where the goal is not to actually engage people or try to win people over or try to serve people. The goal is to make other people look stupid. Right. And I just think, when I think about Romans, you know, I read it on Sunday, Romans 13, don't overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. Um, I, just, I just think that's really inconsistent with being someone who believes in the image of God. Um, and I also think that there's just a lot of, there's a lot of ways that the image of God comes into play when we want to value the worth and dignity of other people. I mean, even when we think of disabled folks or the elderly, even when we think of sometimes the way immigrants get caught up in the rhetorical yeah. um, games that are going on. I'm, I, and, and listen, I'm not, I'm not here to talk about immigration policy because I think it's above my pay grade in many ways and we got to figure it out and be reasonable but just the way we talk about other people. Well, the bottom line is they're people made, made in the image, made the image of, God. of God. Yeah. And so I just I just want us to be people that believe that to the core of our being and savor it so much that it colors and flavors every conversation that yeah. we have. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that kind of dovetails into <clears throat> um I mean, I know you mentioned social media briefly in your sermon, but the the fact that we're made in the image of God, humans that should affect like how we interact on social media, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I I I think uh, I think social media, what it does at the most core level, which is really interesting because we call it social media, which would imply human interaction and stuff yeah. like that. Anti-social media. I, I, well, I think I think it does. I think it I think it dehumanizes our interactions in many ways. Mm-hmm. I I think there are ways to redeem it. I think some people do a good job of redeeming it. I think it's a very difficult thing to consistently redeem because of the way it dehumanizes and it, it you, you get likes and attention when yeah. you're controversial and when you're got a hot take and when you say something snarky or you, you know, you do that sarcastic thing I talked about. Mm-hmm, that's how you mm-hmm. get followers and right. that's how you, you know, you, you say really jerky things and then you say, oh, people don't like me because I'm a Christian. I'm like, well, Maybe <laughs> they might just not like you because you're not very nice. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I just I think I think it really does matter because uh, we want people to hear the truth and have the truth expose the darkness, but we want what's on the other side of that is the gospel, not us standing there, you mm-hmm. know, with our pitchfork or whatever. Yeah, and I I mean I totally <laughs> wow, agree. I said a lot there. <laughs> well, I totally agree, but I mean I don't say that as someone who's like you know yeah yeah I'm way better than you. Like it was too hard for me. 
Yeah. That's yeah. why I got off mm-hmm. of social media. Yep. I, I was horrible at it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and it, yep. I started talking like someone that I didn't like. And so yep. I just had to get off. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's way better. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I think the temptation is mean, yeah. always there. And I just found even, wasn't, even when I wasn't involved in the interactions myself, I just found uh, watching them did something to my soul I didn't like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It just was like, yes. it was discouraging and frustrating. And then it caused me to want to, well, how do I say that better? How do mm-hmm. I, I'm just like, it's, most of the time it wasn't even my business. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Yeah, it was affecting my soul, my headspace, you know, my mental. You know, we were talking about being embodied souls, right? It was affecting yeah. every aspect of that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, just something to think about. Um, and I love how Sam actually prayed it in his yeah. pastoral prayer. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, just great. encourage people to listen to his pastoral prayer again. I thought it was, thought it was really powerful mm-hmm. and really mm-hmm. helpful. Yeah. So, Stacy, what were your thoughts on the sermon? I thought it was great, and actually, the part that really um, impacted me the most was the end, the application. I think mm-hmm. because um, I am in a position where I can, you know, see a lot of needs or people share things with me. And so I, I, this is just my prayer so much for our church that we would treat other people in the church as precious through how we care for one another and show love to one another. Um, there is no shortage of needs in the church. And so as we are people that value all life, you know, from in the womb to, you know, the elderly, um, there are needs in our own church. And so just mm-hmm. look around, like who can you get to know? Who can you come alongside of and seek to show love to? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. A sermon like this, it has to end in a, in a call to application um, because we're, we interact with people. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, yep. it's convicting in all yeah. the ways too for myself that you guys were just sharing about, yep. you know, how do I interact with people or yeah. what does social media do to me? And, you know, no, none of us lives this out consistently a hundred percent. Like we all no. have remaining sin. I, I don't treat, you know, everybody that I encounter as made in the image of God perfectly. Um, but it was convicting. And also at the same time, like a prayer for myself and yes. for this church yep. to mm-hmm. embody this more. Yep. Amen. Well, may, may we be a people that increasingly loves the truth that we're made in the image of God and then just lives it out in our interactions and in our love. Um, yeah, nothing counts except faith working through love. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. yep. So may that be true of us. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.